are coming from inside the podcast, an exploration of the human side of horror. Each week, we call a unique guest and ask them about one horror movie that left its mark on them. Together, we do a deep dive into our guest's personal connection to find out what horror feels like. I'm Kevin Sparrow, and this week, we're getting 80s cotton candy and neon silly and snacky with the cult classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Actor, writer, and 80s baby David Nesbitt-Taylor joins us to talk about this interstellar sweet treat event. Then, we'll look at our double feature recommendation, 1987's Bad Taste. The Wi-Fi works best, like, in a certain corner of the house. And I didn't think about that until after I decided which room I was going to do this in. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's kind of like the opposite corner. Oh, so I'm sure. just doing the hot spot. Hot spot it up. Hot box in the hot Ooh, spot. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, that's not actually anything that happens. But if you out there want to do that, that's your business. <laughs> it's your thing. Do what it's you your... want to do. I am all the time. Welcome back. We have a return guest with David Nesbitt-Taylor. Yes. Or David Nesbitt-Taylor. Uh, three names, always so fun to say. Actor, writer, director, <laughs> RV yes. traveler of the world, Ooh. and just like the killer clowns of the movie we're going to talk about today, he may be hovering at the outskirts Ooh. of a town near you. Oh, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but I may not be in a circus tent, but I will probably be with some, uh, what do they call them? Uh, some carnies. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm corning myself. Yeah, getting some corn on the on the cob. Well, and it's really interesting because you were previously a guest for Child's Play, which is a movie from 1988, which is also when Killer Clowns from Outer Space was released. So you're really stuck in that year. I don't know what's going on. Something about 88, really. Impactful. Did something for you. And I was thinking about it too. It's like that movie came out in 88. And I was like, there's no way I could have saw it in theaters. I was four years old. And back th- back in those days, uh, it took about <laughs> a year, sometimes two, for videos to to come on, for it to be a video outside of the theaters. <laughs> right. At least a year. But sometimes it took two years for it come distribution. So, so maybe I was like six when it came on video. I'm sure I probably didn't see it on video. So it might have been like when I was like eight. And I saw it on TV or something, I'm assuming. Yeah, it could be. Were you a regular VHS horror watcher or not? At, I mean, at that time, I in the say, late 80s, early 90s. I guess, you know what? You know why I probably wasn't similar to Child's Play? Uh, my cousins were really into it. So mm-hmm. whenever like we would all get babysat, I mean, I you know get watched together. And they were like, my brother's seven years older than me. So they were like 10 years older than me. Oh. Yeah. So like I was, uh, yeah, I was like the young one running around, and they were just like jumping out of the back of the chair and <laughs> putting knives on their hands and scaring you, making little dolls move like marionettes. Yeah. Well, good, good call. There's a lot about dolls and marionettes in this movie, 
we're going to get into, uh, and even a very special ventriloquist dummy we're going to get into, uh, <laughs> even though the clowns already did. So this kind of, it's coming at a weird time. Like I have this overlapping themes. So this is kind of taking us out of our sweet treats of summer theme. I mean, the killer clowns from outer space and what they do, obviously, very clearly treat oriented ice cream mm-hmm. uh cotton candy pie. pie all of it all comes together here this is quite a culminating event but it's also kind of transitioning to our august theme of glamp which i'm just putting in as like let's try to describe a theme but like, like campy horror movies that don't take place at like a summer camp location oh <laughs> and this is a pretty silly movie so so silly my question i guess to connect it with the sweet treats and this glamp funny whatever theme is what do you feel like sweetness or silliness offers a horror movie a lot of people go to horror to be scared so why do you think people come to this type of movie that's definitely not uh that scary or maybe just not intended to be scary in the same ways you know what and i was i was looking at it closer uh looking at it at this stage of my life and you know this age and Mm. everything and i and actually looking at it i was like oh i actually saw this recently i saw this within the last couple years because i believe us having a conversation about it when we were uh in douglas or one of the parks we were at we were talking about it randomly (laughs) so i think i watched it after that i think people go to something like this specifically because it's the level of absurdity is so high that it's like, this is comedy. This, this is, this, I, I can't even be scared. I mean, like, it's kind of gory, you know, and there's horror, you know, horror things happening, but it's so like such a high level of absurdity that it's like, oh yeah, this is just like, there's no way this could be any, anything real. Right. And there's a catharsis in that, I feel. There's a catharsis in interacting with the absurd in this way right right because it's like even if you were like i mean for some people obviously like seeing those clown looking creatures because as they point out in the movie which i didn't think about like oh yeah they're not like clowns because clowns have like makeup and different things but this mm. is how these creatures actually look <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes the, the crevices of their face they have they are very interesting looking creations but well tell me a little bit more about catharsis i want to know with all your all your actor training, what um, how I, how does a movie like this <laughs> offer catharsis? That's a good uh, weird thing. Well, and I again, I was I was looking at it a little differently. So I feel like those who may be discomforted, not like scared, scared, but those who may be discomforted by clowns, it may validate them in a in a way of like, see, I told you they was evil. Okay, mm-hmm. look how crazy these clowns are. But bringing the catharsis in it as like, but they're from out of space and they look so like, like, like looking at their faces of these clowns, you know, like, you know, when clowns, you know, in our reality, when they put makeup on, you know, their face looks smooth and, you know, they have the mm. different like features of a clown. But like these things, you know, they had like really like holy looking faces and they were just like pretty wild looking. So I feel like, looking at the faces and the, the way these things move is like well 
this is just so unbelievable that I can't even be scared of it. So I feel better that someone has displayed it to me in this way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have to be scared because this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I think it makes sense that we try to find the ridiculous and things that scare us, right? That can be a really helpful tool to overcoming something that's scary or frightening. I mean, this is how I felt about the leprechaun and the leprechaun movies when I was a child. We might have talked about this a little bit. You know, just making friends with these horror movie villains is helpful. Yeah. And I, I mean, clowning is an art form, right? It's a theatrical form. A lot of yeah. great people are clowns and do clown work. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to trash on clowns. But we do have this weird <laughs> widespread phobia of them. But maybe by having them presented in this way, where like they're these alien creatures who just happen to take on the form of clowns, we can also see like there's a difference between this scary creature thing and like what clown actually is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I always love the clowning of America. That's my ongoing. <laughs> My ongoing munch project, as you know, to coincide with the kingdom of Slavonalia, all the things that we, oh, yeah. we worked on together. Uh, you could probably ask yeah. Joy about it. She knows about the clown songs. Okay, okay. Just ask her about yeah, clown definitely. songs and see what she says. Okay, all right. Clown songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I love this movie a lot. It's... I mean, I am drawn to the particularly absurd movies like this from like the late 80s and early 90s, just because that's when I was growing up. And that's kind of what I had access to mm -hmm. in horror, because this movie is PG-13. And a lot of the other movies. Well, yes, that's also another. <laughs> is it? Is it really PG-13? Wow. Okay. But as a kid, that's really the limit I had access to, right? I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies, so... I feel like I have this special affinity. And so even something like this that I didn't see until I was an adult has a special place in my heart, on my viewer shelf. So it's, it's really interesting how this movie works, even though it's a fairly simple premise for a horror movie. Oh, there's man. not like a, a complicated plot. <laughs> it's really just to watch some clown aliens do some weird shit. So, so with that being said, let's talk about the weird shit that they do. We can't go anywhere without, of course, talking about the music, John Masari's score, and the opening theme song, Bopin' Ass, Killer Clowns from Outer Space theme song. I love it. It's kind of a weird, like, 80s light rock, like Holland Oats meets Rockabilly oh, yeah. meets that very particular circus music it's so it's so strange why does it work how do you feel about the, the theme song david i did not remember that before watching it recently and it just warmed my heart i don't know why all of it like the, the whole score like it, it just seems so simple but like effective because you know it was getting the feeling like oh like you know but it was it wasn't it wasn't feeling it didn't feel deep because mm -hmm. you know with some scores and, and 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 some you know horror and different things like that like you get different tones that like go deeper 
this one felt like it was like on the surface in the direction of the deepness that other ones go but it was really enjoyable because you can hear the 808 you know you can hear the different you know you hear different instruments as they're playing you know and it's like oh man and and, you know different scenes it comes up like oh time for you to be excited this exciting part or this is the scary part. Ding, 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 yeah, ding. I like that too. The guitar riff of like the clown stalking as it's playing yeah. over over those scenes is really great. I love some good clown stalking music. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? But yeah, that theme song, I, I, I appreciate it. You played it in the beginning and at the end too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it because it was like, I don't remember that song. Like I don't remember that part of it. And it made it even, it made it that much more even like cheekier or like absurd of it. And I was like, oh man, yeah. this is great. They've been singing about these clowns. <laughs> yeah. And it's like somehow we're about to watch a movie and they already have a theme song. So maybe it took place <laughs> in the recent past. I mean, I always like good songs about alien creatures coming down. You've got this, you got the little shop of horrors. Oh, yeah. Oh. Earth girls are easy. Oh yeah, They're, the '80s was just such a time for <laughs> these great uh, theme songs or novelty songs. Maybe yeah, novelty songs. <laughs> I could spend uh, you know all day giving a thesis about this theme song, but really, we get the standard alien invasion trope thing right, where we start off on. The top of the world. That's kind of the makeout point of this movie. And we see all these mm-hmm. young couples hanging out. And then Jojo, the ice cream clown truck, comes by that's <laughs> being run by the Terenzi oh, brothers, who are. The Terenzi just, brothers. <laughs> I don't know how to describe them. They're just. Well, I'll ask. I'll turn it to you. I'm still sorting out my feelings about the Terenzi brothers. What What is your take on this? pair of ice cream shilling brothers they were definitely uh entertaining Mm. it was i I really appreciated that in the early scene when they first made their appearance and then the guy uh you know the main male character you know he seemed like such a cool guy like oh like you know like this standard high school cool guy like oh yeah that's a cool guy Mm -hmm. you're making out with the head cheerleader or something and then like you know she was all like who are those guys and he's like oh yeah those are my best friends and like wait what those guys are your best friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, these clowns that are like, you know, but also uh, sometimes in different ways, I, I kind of can see their logic. They're like, yo, everyone's out here making out. Um, that's a perfect market to sell some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite frozen you know, dessert, the, the stick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can see the logic of why they want to go to make out point to try to sell ice cream. <laughs> I would, yeah. Where else are you going to go? Especially at night, once your day route is done, the kids are inside. Get All up the kids to make out yeah. point. Sell your ice cream. <laughs> you know, it's summertime. They're fine. Oh my gosh. And I have to come back to, I. I this is actually very sad for me to talk about ice cream right now. <laughs> because we talked about this at the beginning of our sweet treats. And I mentioned like my favorite ice cream treat from like the ice cream truck days is the Chaco Taco. And I recently yes! discovered that the Chaco I... Taco is being retired. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How, how can you stop the Chaco Taco? I've heard people say that too. They're like, what do you mean? Like out of all the ones you're going to stop, you're going to stop the Chaco Taco. Like, I, I really yeah. don't understand 
I'm bereft, but we can move on. I just, I just had to Chaco, taco. Ice hold cream. a moment yeah. for the oh, Chaco yeah. Taco. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, the Terenzi brothers are an interesting feature that they just kind of come in and out throughout the rest of this movie. So we'll probably touch on them a few more times, right? I don't know okay. if they're trying okay. to sell the ice cream to impress the girls, the dates they have. I guess to a degree, maybe. <laughs> hey, look, I'm selling ice cream. It's impressive, right? I got this truck. You know, I, I would be impressed if someone wants to seduce me through ice cream truck. I, I'm ready. <laughs> we also meet Mike and Debbie, who's kind of our main couple leads. But it's good that you mentioned that like she doesn't know who the Terenzi brothers are. Like She hasn't met them. So we learn mm-hmm. pretty quickly that they're not really like a dating couple right they're just kind of starting to get to know each other right right because that becomes important later on when we meet uh deputy dave 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 (laughs) dave but my first question i always have questions like why are they on top of an inflatable raft in the backseat of mike's truck that's where they chose to make out i don't understand Yeah, I didn't notice they were. See, and this is probably the you know these are the days before they had blow up mattresses, mm. um, so people had to like do things like using a raft. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you can put a blanket down. That's... A lot of options. <laughs> it's also weird. You know, I, was... I don't know. I always feel like this is a strange thing. I mean, maybe people had these. I feel like it's such a movie trope. Is it something that you ever experienced? Like. Did you ever live anywhere that had like a known makeout point? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Did you go there, David? Tell us everything. Uh, I was, yeah, I had the benefit at least once or tw- well, okay, okay. I went there once or twice with a partner to make out twice maxed, but me and a non-partner, a buddy of mine, we would just go and smoke weed up there because mm. <laughs> it was far enough away from our parents. We would just go up there. Um, it was called uh, Sunset Cliff up Ooh. in uh, San Diego. So I was accurate with the hot boxing reference. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, very accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> though, though we didn't hot box, though, because we didn't want to get caught because it was actually like, I mean, you're talking like multi-million dollar homes. On the, oh, on the coast yeah. of this cliff and uh so you have this cliff and you have this little like you know mountainous area with the water down pretty low and then like on the uh behind you if you're facing the water in the sunset beautiful sunset mm-hmm. um behind you are these houses that like never get cleaned by the owners because they have like full service staffs uh doing those type of things you know you have like really like expensive soft furniture outside um, mm. that they don't have to bring in for the rain because they got someone else to do that for them. Yeah. Big money, big money. And this is kind of like the town that we're in, Crescent Cove, the name of the town in this movie. I and mean, we start to see more of that, right? We see kind of it open up. There are woods, there are places like that. I mean, it was shot in California. So I, I don't know, was, oh. was that anything that was relatable to you too? Did anything in the movie seem like oh that seems like a familiar spot or anything that was like eh, i don't know i don't think so i was i was actually like 
this is like not not like a downside of my like life now but now uh, uh, <laughs> a couple things now in this stage of life whenever i look at movies or, or tv shows i'm taking like I'm, I'm i'm slowly taking like mental acting notes mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh yeah i see i see you and you're you know that's that's not that Is believable. This the come movie on guy acting notes from i don't know yeah exactly it's you know it's not <laughs> that kind of movie <laughs> um and then like i i i take uh for whatever reason now i take a lot of uh, uh shot notes of like oh yeah like you know <laughs> where mm. would the camera have to be to get that shot right now like if anywhere right if anywhere right <laughs> but well we get a major shot right now we get a shooting star Woof. supposedly right there's a bright orange beam shooting above the makeout point mike and debbie want to follow it there's also this old man on his cabin porch seeing it he's great i love this is what i'm talking about when i'm talking about camp it's this old man's performance just like he speaks like an old-timey prospector he has a dog (laughs) named pooh bear it's pooh bear it's wonderful. I I don't know. That's this is where you can take notes on acting from <laughs> this man. If you want just a very specific, heightened, stylized thing. Oh yeah, old man from well, yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I and I and I appreciate the what's it called with well, the tropes, but the uh, um you have all these different oh, like, like an archetype archetype. There you go. You have all these different archetypes. You know, you got this old guy and. You know, him and his pool bear dog, and you know, you got you got the old cop that's like, I'm not gonna change. And you know, <laughs> you got the you know, oh, being mad at the young new cop who's like who went to the academy. Oh, you one of them academy guys, huh? You we graduated now you think you know stuff. Yeah, I mean I'm all for the the movie being anti cop. Cause oh. Kurt Mooney <laughs> just straight up sucks. He's the worst. Ugh. Oh. It was like just arresting these like college punks, <laughs> telling them that like they're ruining the town. And yeah, Dave, I guess, is trying to be a good cop, quote unquote. I don't think it's working out, which is fine, you know. It, he's trying uh, to be, hopefully he's he changes. Trying to be a moral cop, that's what he's trying to be. Yeah, hopefully he's changing careers to become a man in black uh, or something. Oh, yeah, right at this point, chasing down aliens. <laughs> See, that's that's a whole other story, but I feel like that would be a great spinoff movie. Um, yeah. Ooh, overlap, a join up of Men in Black and Killer Clowns. That yes, would be, for sure. I'd watch that. But we kind of get introduced to the sheriff, deputy, what's going on with the prison. I mean, it's not super important what they're they're learning right now. But we come back to them once Mike and Debbie finally get where they're going and they see the giant big top tent in the middle of the woods. And I just feel like, you know, don't go to a circus that wants to stay hidden. <laughs> right? Like It's in the middle of the woods. I just would I would stay away. I don't know why. Like Debbie was right to be afraid. And then he yeah. coerces her. Mike is like, well, I can just leave you here. Would you be more afraid to just wait Woo! up here alone or come with me? I'm like, Mike, you are not a good person. When he said that, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I mean, it was a good point. But uh, at the same time, also, it was like, wow, that was it's pretty raw, bro. It's pretty raw. It so, was not so a good point, leave David. You? 
Huh? It's a classic manipulation tactic. Don't... It really is. I was like, oh, man. Don't they validate have... the manipulation. I didn't, I didn't see it coming. That's, I, I think mm. that was what, like, what got me there. And I feel like it's kind of like when they, when they say when, when keeping it real goes wrong. Oh, yes. It's one of those situations because, like, if you, if you also remember, he didn't actually want to go chase the, 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 the shooting star. He wanted to keep making out. He was like. True. I don't. I don't really want to like. He's like, that's kind. Of, that's like a thousand miles away. We're not gonna. Go, we're not gonna find it. She's like, no, come on, come on, adventure. Let's go. And he was like, okay, because you know, she she started. She started filling up his head. She started like, you know, you're this, you know, like you know things that she was saying. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I gotta keep impressing this girl. She she thinks highly of me. Who can deny a good head massage? <laughs> yeah, as you know, as he should. Um, yeah, Debbie, she's very pretty. Why not? Who wouldn't who wouldn't want to date yeah, Debbie? You know, 80, 80s <laughs> big hair blonde? Come on now. Yeah, but we kind of get to see the inside of the tent now, which is fun. Uh, I like all the weird set pieces in there. It's just like a little fun house in there, but also, a, I don't know, avant-garde or something. Because it's yeah. like little fun house set pieces but in the middle of just like this big black open space around them so they're in just like this weird fun house void i want to go there i maybe there's a killer clowns experience out there in the world i would have to imagine at a theme park or something somewhere Mm -hmm. halloween horror nights get those killer clowns into my life three months away but they're kind of confused about what all is going on they go into this kind of I don't know, operations center with this big electric orb. They're like, what the heck is this place? I love that mm-hmm. there's the use of matte paintings. I mean, they have really big sets. Like, they must be shooting in a warehouse or something. But then they have all the paintings that fill in the space. And they're very goofy looking. Like, they're very clearly <laughs> matte paintings, but they're just so great. It's just whimsical. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's delicious. It does make you feel like, I don't know. There's something about this that even though I wouldn't say this isn't like, oh, this is amazing cinematography. This is like a beautiful film. It's not like that, but it's used really well. I just love there's so many shots that are just so much distance. Mm. You just see like really tiny figures of like our main characters. Sometimes these really uh, far shots of the clowns themselves doing things. And I just like how that kind of invites you into the space as an audience. Like, I feel like I'm going through the maze, the place with them, even like watching it on a tiny screen. Like I was watching it for this viewing or watching it on when you get to see it in a theater. That was my first experience was seeing it at a 24 hour horror fest. So I was like, that was a really great experience. So I think there's something to be said, even with this not beautiful, like soft, or like delicate type of cinematography that cinematography choices are really important to pay attention to, even in this type of film. Mm-hmm. It feels like an older, like twenties silent film where it's trying to use sets and space to really mm. create the feeling yeah. as much as getting in close and seeing these puppet creatures faces. I don't know. I just wanted to point that part out because then we get to like the main, the main treat, the main event, right? Which is the cotton candy cocoons. Oh man! Very important. What are the cotton candy cocoons, David? Tell me more about these things. 
you know what? When I saw them like touching <laughs> it, I mean, I thought it, it, it reminded me of a spider's web mm-hmm. or like, I don't even know the name of it is. So we're driving around here, this local area that we're in, in uh, we're, or on the way here. And I see these like, it looks like spider web, um, but it's a cocoon for, I can't remember which insect it is. It's, it's some kind of caterpillar. It doesn't turn to a butterfly, but something else. Um, oh, like a moth thing? Or maybe like that yeah and like they they take up like these big globs of of a branch and i was oh. like wow why is that why is the spider web so big and like and then uh i looked it up and it's like oh no that's uh that's actually a cocoon for this thing and i was like wow that's that's incredible Ooh. so like it, it definitely reminded me of a spider web the way they were touching it and how it was like kind of really sticky in the way it was and how people would just like fall out and arms just fall out of it sometimes <laughs> Well, Body parts you know, just fall out. You could get some like pink hair dye, dye those webs, and make your own Killer Clowns movie. Yeah, they did. You know, basically upside down cotton candy, really, because it was like, yeah, no matter what the person looked like or what the shape of the person was, the, the cocoon that they were in was really like, you know, tapered on the top and then like really, you know, heavy in the bottom, like a little teardrop. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it melts them or whatever whatever happens to the people inside the cocoon i don't know they were definitely getting melted someone ripped yeah. it they ripped one of the you know the face was just like ugh. yeah, yeah the face yeah. is like melted off bloody it's yeah. gross the but they don't seem to have yeah. a good understanding of what cotton candy even is like when they go in there like oh it must be a cotton candy factory and i think <laughs> debbie was like oh they're probably just hanging up the cotton candy to dry i'm like what cotton candy doesn't mean what is this cured cotton candy i don't understand what this discussion when, is when he said that but actually that whole scene but like when he said that like there was a cotton candy factory and i was like hmm and i don't know maybe and, you know potentially that little town they don't see cotton candy very often but whenever I've ever really seen cotton candy on a regular basis, people made it right in front of me, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how you do cotton candy. You kind of just do it right there. <laughs> the land that cotton candy forgot, I guess, is where they live. Maybe they had a <laughs> some type of candy, cotton candy poisoning. There was a crisis. It's been banned for the last 50 years. No one under the age yeah. of 50 remembers what cotton candy even is. Something, something wild's going on. That, and then we also get the popcorn here. The popcorn becomes a lot of things. So I do have a question about this, too. So we see them hiding when one of the clowns comes in behind the cotton candy cocoon bodies. And mm-hmm. one of that, that clown's kind of maneuvering some levers and stuff with the popcorn bubbling in there. So I was like, okay, so first, is the popcorn, like, part of their engine? Does the ship run on this popcorn? But then he's also putting it into a gun and shooting the popcorn on them. Popcorn. So it sticks to them. And we find out later that that popcorn is making their, like, clown alien babies. So. Oh, yeah. So what is the popcorn? Are they using their babies to make the ship run? I don't know. I got very lost in the in the popcorn imagery. Maybe the popcorn. This I wasn't sure either. Actually, like I I I saw them shooting the popcorn. I saw them like I saw them using the, I saw them using the the popcorn uh, in defense, in mm-hmm. nourishment, 
and and like <laughs> so i mean i guess it may be like corn actually worked for us right like you know we use corn for fuel that's true <laughs> we use corn for like you know i'm sure you can get some kernels you can put together and shoot it at somebody you know <laughs> some kernels get pretty hard okay but yeah yeah i was i was laughing about the popcorn situation so i was like man what's going on with that popcorn like yeah well, yeah. And you know me. I'm, of course, going to be very diligent about figuring out what's going on with the corn in any piece of media. <laughs> I mean, you are the king corn. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, and my upbringing. I don't know. Just growing up in, in the middle of cornfields, I feel like, you know, that's going to like, oh, gosh, what's the corn? Is it supposed <laughs> to be about like the stuff? Is it consumerism run wild and like the corn is inescapable like you said it's in it can be a fuel it can be corn syrup it can, it's in all these things it's poisoning us it's everywhere oh man probably in commercial cotton candy even i i would guess they might use some some corn syrup in that process oh yeah yeah that's true uh it's so much but fortunately mike and debbie escape and then they try to explain everything to dave who we find out used to be Debbie's boyfriend. And so a love triangle mm-hmm. has formed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're in college. So watching it this time, I was like, okay. oh, Debbie and Mike are in college. So it's not weird that she was dating this so, cop. And if, if, well, right. And if, if it wasn't, then like, I feel like, because Mike did say that the Terenzi brothers were his friends from high school. Mm-hmm. his best friends from high school so yeah there was a person that no, no longer in high school yeah well and they're also talking about their roommates and things like that so i'm like well i guess they're probably a little bit older and we know it's a college town there's all these little details that aren't really like major plot points in the movie but are like okay i guess there's a there's a unified sense of place here right right yeah yeah i, I get where you're going but yeah it made me think about it too and i was like oh well an event that you know they were like high school seniors or something or like college freshmen mm-hmm. i was like yeah well like you know if she was dating this guy when he was a senior and she was mm-hmm. a freshman or they were dating you know a couple of years ago before like you know as he was leaving school you know they were school at the same time that that would be like you know because he went to the academy so you go to the academy for a couple of years and then like then you're 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 out on the streets as a cop <laughs> Yeah. As an officer. Exactly. But there is a thing. I mean, I guess there is a little bit of tension between Mike and Dave at first. But I like that the movie doesn't spend a lot of time on, like, them being jealous of each other or that becoming a lot of the conflict. Like, they got clowns to deal with. They got to get over the can't be clowning around. They got some real stuff happening. You can't be clowning around. I don't know. As the movie progressed more and more, I was like, are they going to become, like, a polyamorous triad? I'm oh. all for it, you know. <laughs> Debbie, get it. Get you get yourself two boyfriends. Why not? Probably in the the 2024 remake. I'm sure that's gonna be on its way. But oh, okay. Is, are you promising that, David? I'm not promising. Well, I mean, you know, actually, yeah, just listen, okay. <laughs> I could start, but like, <laughs> we I want- mean. Remakes are so popular that I figure it was on its way. Killer clown polyamorous triad. 
Yeah. I mean, they might still be working towards a sequel. I think that's been buzzing about. It hasn't been confirmed anywhere. But the Chiodo brothers, still around, still making puppets, creepy things, yeah. animatronic clowns. We're going to talk all about the clowns a little later on. Just give you a taster. But basically in the plot at this point, right, Debbie and Mike are trying to convince Dave, who at least wants to hear them out and will, like, check things out. Officer Mooney is like, no, this is ridiculous. I'm not even going to listen to this. You kids are pranking me. Yeah, he thinks everything's a prank and just continues to think it's a prank the whole movie right up to his death. day he died. Yeah. (laughs) Which is all very weird, but... This is kind of like we have to get through all of this part, which is like the standard sci-fi silliness. And I, I like it. I, I don't know. It moves fast enough and silly enough that I'm like, sure, do all this silly tropey stuff first. Right. Then oh, we get yeah. to see then we just get to watch clown madness from there. And I love it. Right. The first thing we montage s- of it. Yeah. We see the puppet show where there's like a punch and Judy puppets that one of the clowns is using and he has his cotton candy gun he shoots the person uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. watching we love a a fidgety shopkeeper oh yeah or one of the clowns i like that moment too where there's a clown going outside and the clown sees this like gorilla figure that's dressed up it's like an animatronic gorilla that just moves and so it pretends to be one of those too but then they go inside the shop and are just like making this owner really nervous <laughs> which is really yeah fun. i mean you know, and the fact they didn't kill the owner right away because they killed the first i mean you know they, they put the first two yeah, people in the cocoon. that owner makes it a long time and he just like rolled around the store just searching through things and playing i guess they were more intrigued they were looking for something they show up to some girl's house with a pizza and she just says oh pizza before becoming cotton candy. Very silly. Being the 80s as it is, um, I feel like that specific part, there were maybe audience members who thought something more in a different direction was happening. What? And then just ended really quickly. I mean, not, not just necessarily a different direction, but like, you know, she was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta use characters. She's like, oh yeah, there's this attractive character who like mm-hmm. this clown comes through our house unannounced with something. But her interaction, her interaction was very limited because he shot her like right away. Yeah. She actually didn't get to say much. Oh, that was the other thing I think about when I see somebody. I think about the actors, okay, who got to say a line or a couple words. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> oh, think that's always a big <laughs> I mean, in these types of movies, usually it's, yeah, basically just extra work and you get a line yeah. sometimes. I mean, sometimes that's what you're sometimes. going for, right? You're a day player, but a lot of times with these smaller budget <laughs> horror movies, it's like we're just getting people from, you know, the town where we're filming. They have fun doing it. Why not? Oh yeah. You I would I would cameo as a person getting turned into cotton candy any any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Seduce me with an ice cream truck and turn me into cotton candy and I'm yours forever. And then he had the parade. Yeah, they have their little parade. That's a little later on. Because we have to oh, talk. Is it? I oh, mean, oh. one of the, the classic scenes is, of course, the clown boxing moment. Oh, yeah. Where the, the green-haired clown rides up on a little tricycle and a bunch of motorcyclists smash up his, his little trike. 
that specific moment actually i i i found myself very conflicted mm-hmm. and it was like i was i was torn i was i was ser- it was a serious tear and it felt very strong because at one level um there was this person being decapitated and you know and it's like wow this person's got his whole head knocked off mm-hmm. but then the uh, the other guy how he responded to it and as everyone began to leave it was actually really funny <laughs> and i just like it's like it's like laughing but like like i felt wrong for laughing but it was all just so comical <laughs> I think it's very funny. You don't have to feel bad about laughing in a horror movie. <laughs> Especially one like this. Because that body fall, too, after his head comes off is very good and funny, too. Oh, yeah. It just, it works. All of it works together. But, you know, don't try to man up on a clown. <laughs> don't smash well somebody else's bike, okay? Yeah. This is rude. Espe- right. right, and especially as bikers themselves, they don't have a code of honor. What's going on? Making fun of someone else's bike. Right? It's sick. And he got what he deserved. No. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's after that point where everyone starts calling the police station and Mooney goes even deeper into thinking it's a, a prank. It's not just a prank that Mike and Debbie are playing. The whole town is in on it. Like, just this wild conspiracy theorist level confirmation bias of like it's easier for him to just believe the whole town is out for him rather than just like investigate at all uh mooney sucks everybody's in on it and uh you know i i feel that and i was looking thinking about this too and i was like wow he he puts a lot of confidence in the amount of pull that the terenzi brothers and, and mike and these guys have because not only did they convince everyone in town to call, mm-hmm. but they also convinced his deputy sheriff to fall in for it, too. Because he called him, and he didn't believe him either. Like, hold on now. I'm with you. I'm, I'm another officer. You still don't believe me? You think I'm joking? Come on now. Yeah. Mooney doesn't believe anyone or trust anyone. It's a very sad mentality. But... I mean, he looked, he looked pretty, like, worn down by life. So uh, we don't trust anyone. It kind of weighs on you. Mm, yeah, I'm definitely. surprised he didn't have a stroke earlier. Well, he gets more than a stroke once the, the clown shows up. <laughs> uh, I like that moment with the clown arriving at the police station. It's very fun. He tries to put handcuffs on the clown, and it detaches its hands. <laughs> So he marches it by gunpoint to the cells and then it like regrows its hands to wave at him. And then, then what happens after that? Well, he, they were in the jail cell and uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, you know, I'm not thinking in the mind of like, oh, these clowns just on a mission is to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. So for some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe they won't like do anything to the other prisoners right now. Just because like, I want you guys to be witnesses or something. But then, you know, we get back to the prison and then all, all the prisoners are already uh, yeah. wrapped up pretty well <laughs> in their cocoons. Yeah, our poor punk friends from the, the local university. Cotton oh, yeah, candy. yeah, those guys. Already cotton candy. That's when we saw some, some limbs start falling out of mm-hmm. the cotton candy. You're like, oh, okay, well, if the cotton candy hasn't set right just yet, it's still kind of loose. Yeah. 
parts can fall out. Parts can fall out. Yeah, maybe they have a special storage or like freezing components on their ship mm-hmm. that they don't have. On I mean, that. they were they were hanging on whatever they were hanging on. So yeah, you know. I'm sure it's some type of like oxygen or chemical machine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making stuff up, but this is also where we see the Mooney dummy. Right, oh, so man. Mooney's been turned into a ventriloquist dummy, and I just, you know, the main question that remains to this day that I'm always curious is where did that clown have his hand? Oh, what was he using to puppet this grown man? I mean, I figured it would be in his back, but now that you say it like that, and knowing <laughs> that these clowns have been shown to be able to grow their arms pretty long. He could have had his arm anywhere. Yeah. It's disturbing. The implications are unsettling. I guess I would imagine it would probably be like right between the shoulder blades. You can kind of control from there. Right. Yeah. I figured it was like right there. But but the way you said it right now, maybe maybe think about it a little bit deeper. Oh, God. So his arm could have been a little bit deeper. (laughs) I don't want to know. No. (laughs) Also in the remake, we'll finally get full answers. And then this is where Dave also learns that shooting or like destroying their noses kills them. It turns them into confetti Mm -hmm. and they disappear. So I think that's fun. But we also see all the madness of the town, right? Like Mike has joined up with the Terenzi brothers in their ice cream truck. And they kind of see that this is where the parade comes in. As the clowns are oh, parading right. and then dragging all the cotton candy people out of the homes. Like, they got the job done for sure. Like, this isn't, these clowns aren't slouches. I feel like in a lot of other alien invasion ones, sometimes it like takes some time or like, oh, it's just gonna kill a few people at what, like here and there. And then like, I'm gonna do a countdown or something. Establish the threat, but then we'll prevent anything worse. But I feel like the, the clowns pretty much have killed the whole town. Right. Like it seems once you're in the cotton candy, you're dead. And yes, they got a lot of cotton candy people. Like I just. I'm not too sure how this town's going to recover. I mean, it might be for sale, but uh, I don't think anybody wants that 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 town there. Yeah. Oh, and then also like 40 minutes after they took Debbie home, like she's finally getting out of the shower. (laughs) Like like, what happened to Debbie for 40 (laughs) minutes of this movie? waiting by the door she finally gets out of the the shower to get attacked by the alien clown babies in the bathroom and then also by all the clowns outside that's a really fun moment but for some reason they don't put her in a cotton candy cocoon they put her in a balloon instead so they want some people alive for some reason what do you think that is what is your interpretation of why they keep debbie alive where they keep people alive in those balloons. Now, I thought about this a little bit because I do remember there was a point where they were looking specifically for Debbie. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked for her, but they didn't say anything about Mike. Because I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, those are the intruders that came in. I want mm-hmm. them. But they didn't want both of them. They just wanted her. So, yeah. And and, and, and luckily, they also, you know, as they do, uh, established that there were other balloons as well. I don't think we saw people in those other balloons specifically, but there there were other people in balloons. But, you know, you had you had to put her in something different because she'd be dead if she was in a cocoon. Yeah. 
experiment on. I don't know. <laughs> I think by this point too, they had saw we had saw. Oh, not yet, not yet. Okay, later on it comes when when they come to the cotton candy with the crazy straw, mm. and uh, they're sucking blood out. You know. Yeah, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up, but that milkshake <laughs> is your blood. It brings the whole town to the yard. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, we're basically there where we get back to the ship because we find out that they're at the amusement park that was never mentioned at all before in this whole movie. They've dropped their big top ship there. And that, I mean, see that, and that right there, like, okay. Because, you know, nothing, there was nothing mentioned about it and why they, but I felt it though. I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, they went back to the original site mm-hmm. and I'm sure they've heard the people that were outside there say, why would a, a big top tent be right here in the middle of nowhere? Mm-hmm. So like, oh, you know what? To be a little more inconspicuous, yeah. let's just go. Because it seemed like uh, Officer Dave already knew where to go. He was like, well, where would you go if you were a clown in you know, in a town? I would go to the carnival. That's I where they- I would go to the, yeah, the carnival, the amusement park, whatever. Amusement park, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's, that's where we found We forgot about long. it this whole time. That's okay. <laughs> but that's fun. We get a clown car gag where the clowns pull up in their, their car and they all get out. That turns into a pie gag. Well, man. The watchman asks, what are you going to do with those pies, boys? And what do they do with those pies? They just like bombard him with pies. And it, it was like <laughs> something, you know, something you see just kind of cheeky, you know, throwing a pie at someone. But then, like, it wasn't until, like, a couple minutes later after, though, he was sitting in that pie substance that you saw that the, the, whatever the pie substance was, ate his flesh away. Oh, ate more. Ate his whole body. Well, right, right. Well, yeah. I think it melted down to the bone. I guess we see his skeleton later. Yeah, we saw a skeleton, and it was like, wow, okay. Which we didn't address at the end of the movie. Because at the end of the movie, the very end, the very last scene, the main characters get hit with pies. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, we're going to come back to that. Keep that thread in well, mind. Come, we'll, yeah. We're going to come to that at the end. I Yes, that I did notice that. And that's it's very strange. But now we're kind of in the climax of the film. Very exciting stuff. We get a lot more time on the spaceship, which I'm glad. Because we ha- were having such a fun time in it when Debbie and Mike first went there. Why not come back? And we've got the Terenzi brothers and Dave. They're it's trolling. A, it's a wild time. You know. The Terenzi brothers, though, fall down into a ball pit. And then they meet the you know the sexy lady clowns, of course. Because you always have yeah. to have a sexy lady version of whatever your villain is in this type of movie. I guess so. I guess so. And, I mean, you know, they, they apparently enjoy the Terenzi brothers enough. And they didn't kill them. They just, no. like, kissed them all over the place. They just mouthed on them. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. They were really happy to see them, too. Uh, it seemed, uh, yeah, one of them was inflating at the sight of them. That that was <laughs> fascinating as well. I was like, oh, all right, then. That's, that's, how, that's how that's going. That's, that's just, yeah. But I do, overall, I like how imaginative it is. Even if this part is kind of very silly, like, all of these clowns look different and distinct, but all great and creepy. Mm-hmm. And they're just really great animatronics and puppetry and like everything. Like, so that's the makeup and costuming 
but then also just how they operate because they're like these huge headpieces they're not like masks that someone can just wear Mm -hmm. and like act in like they're actually puppet manipulated headpieces right like their eyes are oh yeah animatronic and everything so it's like wow there's so much intricate work that goes into it so i really i really appreciate that too you can make it as silly as you want it's an achievement (laughs) yeah i I did have a great appreciation for that as well it's like oh man like the the detail i Mm -hmm. i I am a fan of 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 costuming and detail and it's like wow like you know you see the the craters in their faces and like you know the different like yeah you just saw so much in it like oh wow and yeah and their 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 face I mean because it looked like skin type material like it looked like it was like yeah, oh, yeah. like like you look like a a hundred year old man but like <laughs> like you know your face is like all beat up and rough and yeah it's just, yeah it's so awful but lovely too I yeah <laughs> it's that weird <laughs> fine line of like the sublime absurd where i'm like yeah they're really creepy looking but i also really am in love with it just there's a charm to like the craftsmanship of it i don't know that's just another side of it so that i guess that kind of answers that question that i posed at the beginning of like maybe what is the catharsis or why do you choose to watch this type of movie as a horror film if you're going into horror film to be scared well it's like well no sometimes i'm just going to like look at something strange like that's yeah. that's really oh, what i want from the experience i just want to have a fun weird clown time with my weird clown friends yes <laughs> these are that def- those were definitely some stranger things okay yeah <laughs> stranger than strange oh my gosh yes but maybe that instead either the men in black crossover or killer clowns in stranger things make it oh. happen <laughs> so we kind of get everything starting to wrap up here. The clowns are chasing everyone now that they've gotten Debbie out of the balloon. The Terenzi brothers uh, have escaped from the clutches of the she clowns. And unfortunately, they're a little bit too late to uh, prevent the drop of the big clown marionette beast mm-hmm. that kind of comes down from the middle of the ship. Everyone else runs away, but the Terenzi brothers don't want to lose the rental agreement. They don't want to lose like the um, money they can get back on the truck, so they don't leave. <laughs> and the beast kind of beats the truck up, and it throws it, and the truck explodes. We think yeah. the Terenzi brothers are dead. Oh, no. It seems very logical at that point yeah. that they would I be was dead. Like, I think they're just dead. But Dave decides to be a hero and distracts the beast while Mike and Debbie run away and he gets grabbed by the beast, but in his final moments is able to puncture its nose and explode it. And I, I don't know why killing the beast destroys the whole ship, but okay. I mean, I guess maybe that's what it was showing with the connection. That's like why it's a marionette. Cause it's like, it's intimately connected to the controls of the ship or something. I don't know. Yeah. That, that was, uh, I was like, Oh, so you just like, kind of explode this thing and then they're all gone everything's everything's away and i don't need it all to be explained away i just <laughs> i mean yeah i assumed because that the rest of them went away when when that one showed up that you know this one was like more powerful mm. or like 
you know, oh, 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 the boss is here. We got to go. We let the boss take care of it because, you yeah. know, this is, this is the one in charge. This is the big one. Yeah, I guess you would think they would protect their noses better um, knowing right. that this was <laughs> this is your, your weakest point. It's a strange alien design flaw, but your weakest points on your face. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, to a degree, like we have skulls that protect our heads, but head injuries, our heads are pretty exposed. Head injuries are pretty dangerous. That's true. So are That's we true. doing any better I mean, than yeah. these killer clown aliens? I don't think so. <laughs> but that destroys the ship. Oh, yes. Also, then this entire ship, like, disintegrates basically and somehow in the sky dave is still alive yeah it disintegrates in the middle of the sky and something falls out of it that i don't know is like a smaller car contraption or maybe it was just the ice cream truck i guess no no it was the it was the vehicle that they were that they were clowning in that they they drove oh, that had debbie the clown in it. car yes the clown car so that survived somehow so yeah he's protected by the clown car yeah i don't understand and then also the terenzi brothers are still alive because they said they hid in the freezer with the ice cream to not explode i don't get it it's giving very indiana (laughs) jones in the refrigerator vibes but that's fine yeah that was you know i get you know they they were like the terenzi brothers they gotta survive because you know we need this slapstick at the end right to keep up with which I'm, you know, I'm fine with. I don't need it to be a bleak, sad movie. Give me an upbeat ending, I suppose. It's very weird. Also, Dave is, like, moving on Debbie fast. Like, the second he's on the ground, he's got his hand, he's kissing her neck. I'm like, she's not your girlfriend anymore, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> and Mike doesn't care. So this that's, is, this that's is how why. We got poly. That's the polyamorous that's we, triad. They're all into it. That's how we got it. Great. And like, you know what, Mike, you're into it now, bro. Now you look, he was, you are, now we are. Yeah, now you're part of it. Uh the killer clowns taught us another way to love. Absurd. <laughs> <laughs> but coming back to your point about the pies, this is our final shot of the film. So what happens in the last shot is Mike, Debbie, and Dave all get splatted with some pies that are falling from this disintegrated ship. And although it doesn't seem to kill them instantly, it does end on a freeze frame. So we don't really see much what happens. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, do you feel like, did they survive? I mean, because the pie really looked like when they, when they killed the other guy, it really looked like it was cream, (laughs) like pie, you know, it it looked looked like something like a sweet treat. And actually, right before that happened, you know, one of the last lines, it seemed as if Mike was referencing of like, oh, so like, it's just over now. Mm. (laughs) And then they got hit with the pies. So I feel like they may not have survived. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't get doused as much as the other guys. So maybe they were able to shake some stuff off. Maybe you got to sit in it, stew in it a little bit. Got some chemical burns or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate the the feds showing up, or like you know the 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 cavalry showing oh, yeah. up from the other the next towns over and doing nothing. The state police <laughs> just showing up and standing there. 
you know, you know, it's kind of how people in that profession do sometimes. That is but not um, inaccurate. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the end. We get back into the Killer Clowns Bop and Ass theme song, and <laughs> we love it. So wrapping that part of it up. How do you feel about this movie now versus when you were a child? I guess it sounds like you probably saw it just occasionally or, you know, like it was something that was presented to you by older cousins, siblings, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. what is it? What was it like making an active choice to watch this movie as a <laughs> as a grown man? It was, it was it was it was quite enjoyable. I was like, man, this is like. Because also, and this another thing too, I see in, in in film and TV now, is like I can kind of see the 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 mindset, I guess, of a potential writer. I was like, "Ooh, have you ever thought about what if clowns actually use all the stuff that clowns do that people are like that creeps people out, and they killed people? Mm. Like, oh, that'd be kind of, but it'd be kind of dark, man. Like, what if they were like." from outer space or something like they weren't like <laughs> clown clowns you know you don't want it to be like too scary well that's why they spell so their like, names with like a K. right yeah and i was like well you know just think about the idea of, 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 a, of a writer doing something you know having these ideas and coming mm-hmm. that way because you know because it because they because they could have with the concept as it is they could have gone real dark yeah it could have it got it could have got really dark in there with i with think it clowns. is really dark like the whole town is literally dead well, yes, we we think deeper about it, but like you know, you don't really see people die. You just see, right. you know that you know the cotton candy's doing the thing, and you know, you know, all, you saw the whole town wrapped up. Like, well, I think the whole town's in here. Like, people were missing all over the place, but like, it, it wasn't like you didn't see a whole lot of the. You know, I can see why it's PG thirteen in that sense because you didn't really see the horror or the gore. You didn't see it happening. Yeah, there's a few borderline things, but yeah. Well, right, yeah, it had a few borderline things, but you had to put it together. Like, oh yeah, well, you know, when one person was in this, then they felt you know this happened to them. You know, everybody else that got in there, then you know, mm-hmm. it was cool. Like, because the, the beginning they only showed like you saw two people wrapped up in the, in the, you, well, you saw two uh, cocoons, and then towards the end, like you just saw like hundreds of them, just like. Right, but you don't need to see any melty, bloody faces. So. You didn't have to see the melty, bloody faces, you know. Yeah, it's almost and even with the fun for the whole drinking family. Drinking the blood. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> it's a whole family film. I think so. Why not? Well, I have one more question before I let you go, and I have a visual diagram to help if you need if you need reminders. But I have to know who is. Your favorite killer clown? I mean, I really like the little short one that was boxing. Oh, that's short. But I would have I'm trying to, to find their little names. Shorty. But I would have to say though, because it's one of the, one of the parts of movies that like, I thought was like one of the most entertaining as a kid mm-hmm. was the one that was doing the the shadow puppets and was able to oh. turn the shadow puppet into a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And yes, that's. Eight, like a whole group of like 10 people slim that was slim okay that's that's slim is that one's name who does the shadow puppets he has kind of three pointy hair yeah so slim would probably be so slim who does the shadow puppets that's your favorite 
That would have to be yeah. That would have yeah. to be it. Um, Shorty would be the the, the the close second. Oh yeah, I mean Shorty is the classic. I love Shorty too, but my favorite is Rudy, who's the one who spends most of the time in the the grocery store and pretends to be the oh, yeah. little animatronic thing. Rudy's just so cute and fun and doesn't really do as much bad stuff. So I'm like, you know what, Rudy, live your life. <laughs> I'm all for it. Well, great. I'm glad that we got, we came full circle, right? We went from favorite ice creams at the beginning of our sweet treats month to our favorite clowns. <laughs> and <laughs> we also talked about clowns in that ice cream man episode. So like, it, it's all, I feel uh, it came full circle. I feel like it culminated appropriately in a way that I never expected or planned for. All the way back again. There was just something in my in my body that knew. Maybe it was a clown's arm. Um, <laughs> but knew that I had to cover this movie in soon. So thank you for joining me on this one. It was always a pleasure to talk Most to you. definitely. Thank you very much. Uh, the next time we want to cover a movie from 1988, you'll be the first on the list to get the call. <laughs> Listen, okay, whatever was going on when I was four years old, yeah. it was just like... <laughs> we have to psychologically unpack that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's some serious shadow work right there. Okay. Ooh, yes. Yes, shadow work. Ooh, that's it. Very good. Well, we'll follow up with that the next time we talk. But before we go, if people are looking to find you online, I know you're big on the, the Instagram and Facebook channels. Where can we find you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, acting like I want to on Instagram and the, the TikTok. Mm. And then uh, David Nesbitt Taylor, my full name there uh, on the Facebook and also on Instagram and on the Twitter, on the Twitter as well. All those things. Uh, I don't really post much anymore, but because I am in one place right now, mm-hmm. that's going to happen a lot more frequently because uh, I've been moving a lot. So doesn't have yeah. a lot. Don't have a lot of surface in in the woods. Having a nomadic, <laughs> yes, woods based lifestyle can make the internet a challenge. But you know what? That's also what I rem- I'm reminded of looking at these older films. I'm like, oh, they didn't have any of this technology. Oh yeah. Like they didn't even have a cell technology phone. was very low then. Yeah. So if if people can survive killer clowns in the eighties, we can we can go back to a simpler time, right? Uh, simpler times, yes. When <laughs> cotton candy was king. Oh, when cotton candy <laughs> That's was a, king. This is such an inside joke. I <laughs> I can't even get into it. Uh on a podcast like this, but once again, thanks for joining me. Hope you are staying nestled in your weird moth cocoon wherever you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, loving travels in every way. And <laughs> until we meet again, keep it creepy. Let's roll back the clock a year to revisit horror comedy wonderkin turned fantasy godfather Peter Jackson's debut feature, Bad Taste. We have another practical effects-driven alien invasion in this film, though here it's more gore than cheese. Bad Taste is a bit more of a rough version of what Jackson would perfect with Dead Alive, but there's still a lot of silly, goopy, gross fun to be had. 
Bad Taste picks up where most alien movies hit their climax. We have a group of alien hunters chasing down suspected human body-snatching aliens in the small New Zealand town of Kaihoro. We have the resident weirdo true believer, Derek, played by Jackson, in one of a dual acting role in the film, the grizzled veteran Barry, and the lackadaisical duo of Ozzy and Frank. At the same time as their hunt, government worker Giles has traveled to the town for his own door-to-door work, only to be seemingly snubbed by the town and then ambushed by aliens and left to soak in a pot of vegetables until they're ready to feast. Like Killer Clowns, the effects are the main reason to watch this film. We see alien people getting impaled, slashed, and decapitated in hilariously graphic ways that belie the small budget of this film. We see an alien costume itself make an appearance. If you've seen the front cover, you'll know what this is. We truly do not get enough time with Lord Crumb, but we love Lord Crumb. We get vomited green stuff that... Our heroes reluctantly have to eat to show that they are one of us in the alien sense. And all of this on a low budget, it's really quite astounding, I feel like. The reliance on the broad comedy acts may get a little bit tedious. Like, especially Derek's cracked skull continuously to break open. Having him find different ways to stuff his brains back in. Is it all necessary? I don't know, but these digressions are very understandable for a young, first-time feature director operating in a very DIY way. So if you like oopy spoopy splattery horror, you gotta make sure you get your taste buds around bad taste. Thank you for staying sweet and delectable with us for our sweet treats of summer month. And don't forget to get yourself packed up for our Glamp Month episodes coming up next. Until then, keep it creepy. Click. Did you hang up? No, I just said click.